You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McHuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the show. This is Stuart Goldsmith. Today I'm talking to Ismo Laikola. He's a stand-up comedian from Finland. He absolutely rinsed uh, a gala performance I saw, a global, I can't remember what they called it. It was at the uh, the Montreal Just for Last Comedy Festival a couple of years ago. And uh, there was a very strong lineup of international acts and Ismo absolutely burnt the place down. He was so, so good in just a, a sort of tiny seven-minute uh, gala spot. And he's got an incredible and a really unusual uh, attitude on stage, an unusual sense of humour. And um, I think what he really excels in, and certainly did that night, and when I saw him uh, more recently at the Edinburgh Festival, he he's really expert at winning over an audience to his very strange sense of humour. Yeah, I think uh, that, that's it. I wasn't sure what I was going to say there. And I think it's exactly that. He's very, very funny and uh, has a really pleasing accent to listen to. Um, so I hope you uh, you enjoy this interview with one of, not the, we established not the biggest comic uh, in Finland, but um, maybe the second biggest, what does he say? The second biggest, uh, but the biggest guy doesn't work in English. This is Ismo Laikola. I saw you at uh, Just for Laughs, not this year, the previous year, 2017. Yeah. Uh, in the, what was the name of the gala you did? Was it The like Sugar the, Sammy. It was the Sugar Sammy Gala, yeah. that was it. Yeah. It was like international, yeah, Via yeah. Das was on the bill. Um, who else was on the bill with you? Michael Mittermeier. Mittermeier. Yeah. Um, and, it was uh, a proper, like, I don't know if yeah. they called it the International Gala, but it was like the comedians from around the world. Oh, yeah, like everybody brought, was from a, from a country. Other from, than, from a country, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> other than any country near there. And <laughs> you wiped the floor with that gig. You you destroyed, right? Well, uh, you, you could you could use you those... Destroyed <laughs> you destroyed You could use those professional terms. Yeah. <laughs> It was, how did that feel to you? Did that feel like a particularly memorable gig? Or is that like, oh, that's just one of my international galas when I do well? <laughs> no, it was, it was like, yeah, it was insane. Like, especially, like I did two. And especially, they, they were two of the exact same gala. So, especially the, the first one, like both were great. But the first one was, that was like the, like, it was like, I got like a standing ovation in the, like, I was like comedian number four. Yeah. And uh, and you weren't famous there. Some of those guys were famous. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, definitely. I, like, I'm famous in Finland, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, definitely. And that, 
it was uh, yeah it was really uh, like uh, like I was really kind of nervous before it of course like I I think that was my first time in Canada okay uh, I'm I'm pretty sure it was. so the first time I was in America first gig in America I won the funniest person in the world at the first gig. <laughs> <laughs> who is running the La- funniest La- person La- it's La- in factory. Cleveland Ohio okay, yeah, yeah. Just La- factory okay. in, in LA so. But uh, but yeah, but like then the, the the first ever gig I did in Canada that was a TV gala that went like extremely okay <laughs> like too well. So so give me some background on you're famous in Finland. How long have you been performing? I don't know. Let's try and put you mm. in the context for people who don't know you. Oh yeah yeah yeah, which would be most people, of course. Uh, so um, uh, I well I started two thousand and two, so that's like sixteen years ago, I guess. Uh, in Finnish, of course, in, mm-hmm. in Finland, and uh, and like I I got on on Finnish TV two thousand and three, so it happened kind of quick. How many comedians were working in Finland professionally, like full time comedians? Uh, not many, not like many. not many, like like ten, like, like a hundred. What could, what do we mean? Like ten, okay. <laughs> like okay. like maybe a bit more, but like like and it's hard to define professional, like. Like, cause then the scene was the scene was really new. There was a few few comedians in the nineties doing something, but like, like I didn't hear about them anywhere. Like it wasn't in my town, and it wasn't on TV or anything. So okay. there was no basic stand up scene. But then, like in the turn of the millennium, there actually there there started to be some. We called them clubs in Finland, but Finland yes yet to has to have like a like a comedy club that has only comedy, but like, okay. like regular nights, you know, like okay. a, in a theater or a, and, or and why, you... why did it start at the turn of the millennium? What, what was it that kicked off? It was just like enough people who kind of started it. Like, okay. like some, like basically comedians started to run a show and, and then like some producers. And um, so it kind of, kind of just, I, I don't know what what it what caused it, but I think it's been kind of on a, on a similar schedule in lots of countries. Like, okay. like there's so many countries that didn't have stand up comedy like 20 years ago, but now now they do. Okay, and uh, Finland was one of them. And um, so was it was it a pretty revolutionary act to try and become a comedian in Finland? Where just when this, the 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 scene yeah, was beginning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I had no idea that that's a job. Like that's like a profession that you could tell jokes <laughs> to a mug. Like because I didn't like I saw Seinfeld. That's the only that's the only reference I had when I was like, well, before I did my first gig almost. So like then I saw the Finnish guys do it for a few months when they started in my hometown like a monthly night, and I was okay. like, ah, this is great. This is the best thing ever, and I'm like, I have to try this. And and uh, but there was no like I I I didn't realize that you could actually make a living doing that. Like I was always really into jokes and humor, and I, I thought you have to have a sketch, like TV show, which is sketchy. Because okay. that's like Finnish TV was full of sketch shows, all the UK sketch shows and all the Finnish sketch shows, and I was watching those a lot, and uh, and I, I thought that that's 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 comedy, like okay. I, because there was no stand up. Just just to get a little bit more cultural context, what is a is a Finnish sketch show? similar to a british sketch show yeah are there similar senses of humor broadly i know that's an impossible kind of question yeah it's like like, i i think finnish has kind of a like a unique but like there were so many shows but i think the most popular ones in finland they just had like really silly characters like okay characters like like the fast show or something like kind of like like repetitive 
kind of feel a catchphrase. Yeah, catchphrase. Um, like, what's the biggest catchphrase character oh. in Finland? <laughs> uh, well, um, it's hard to say what's the biggest one, but like this, this one kind of annoying neighbor guy. Everybody like he always answers the door like with no shirt. Okay, it's like like and says the name of the other guy. It's like, yeah, that's that's one of the. Okay, okay. We always remember it's three. It, and the catchphrases are impossible to translate anyway. Okay. Because Finnish is a weird language. And, okay. Uh, but yeah, it's... But yeah, like... And there were other other types of sketch shows. Like, not all were, like, repetitive. But it was, like, a big thing in the 90s. was, like, sketch comedy in Finland. It was, like, really big. But... but um, And then, like, people did funny songs and impersonations and stuff. But there was no... No, like joke based yeah like comedy. like stand up okay. like basically that just like one guy on the microphone like that they didn't okay. like I, I'm sure that, that I know that there were people who did it like for like corporations and like something in, like in bars randomly but it wasn't a thing but then when I started it and then like almost a year later I was like okay this is now my job I guess so I quit studying quite soon and what were you studying physics Okay. In the university. Physics okay. and chemistry and biology and astronomy and mathematics and stuff like that. So Okay. And I I didn't really ever believe that I was going to be a physics teacher, even though that's what I was kind of... Sure, you were doing it because it was a, something to do? Yeah, yeah. It was just... I was... Um, yeah, I was really, like, good at it, at least in, like, high school... And I, I should explain for the benefit of the listener, occasionally you can hear ice clinking. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ismo is not wearing bells and uh, any kind of traditional Finnish costume. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, this is really convenient, the ice. <laughs> I, I, let me just have a small sip too. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so... Um, um, uh, yeah, physics. Like, I, I went... Like, I just got into university right away, like, with like I didn't have to like apply or anything I just had good papers from high school and I thought yeah sure it's kind of okay I'm just gonna go to university because then you can when you're in you can study whatever and then I studied like philosophy and like I was just trying to like kind of figure out the meaning of life or something but okay but I wasn't really into like oh I'm into physics a lot I, it was kind of interesting but I kind of I wanted to be a like a metal musician or okay or, okay or something or like a writer i was always thinking i want to write like i really admired like authors but i'm way too adhd to write a book okay but, sure. but, but i was kind of wanted to do something creative and i was into jokes a lot but i didn't realize that jokes there is actual like you could make a living with th- jokes like that didn't cross my mind and when was the first time that it crossed your mind well i think the second ever gig i did in finland after a, after the gig, we had just no. I think we still had marks. Was the was it you? No, it has. Yeah, it was euros. We just got euros. Like so, somebody after the gig. After the gig, I was like, oh, I did like a second gig. I did uh, like they just they were backstage and the comedians were like, okay, here's a. 120 euros. <laughs> and I was like, what? Because <laughs> back then it was just like, like we sold tickets, 10 euro a ticket, and it like then we just split the money. And like kind of... So that on your second gig to get 120 euros, <laughs> that, I think the equivalent is like 100, well, I mean, it's, it'll be different now, but call it like, 100 pounds. Yeah, almost 100 pounds, uh, I guess. On your second gig, that that's uh, unheard of in the UK. That's like three years away. Yeah, yeah, that's like... And, because like that's, but that's not, you can't do that every night. That was one monthly 
night and the room was like 200, 300, just a student bar sure. or something. It's a big room, but it was once, and once a month. <laughs> the good news is it's 120 euros. The bad news is it's the only gig. Oh, yeah. the only, literally. <laughs> the year 2002, I did one gig a month. Okay. So okay. I did my 13th gig on the exact day, the same, the next year. So mm. I actually did one gig a month for the first year. But then after that, it exploded. And then I started to do other cities and stuff. But but yeah, it was... Um, but like, yeah, that, that was the only stand-up show in the city. And uh, that that was once a month. Okay. And, Which uh, city are we talking? Yuvaskula. Uh, it's called... It's a Finnish name. Okay. <laughs> and, and, uh, and what was it about you that was funny on your first and second gig? What do you think... What were you getting laughs from? Was it the material? Was it your personality? Was it your confidence your worldview what was the first thing that you thought hang on something about this is working all of the above i think like it was just like the rhythm and and the, the content like my my stuff was really different i guess like when i started it was even more surreal like it was like i still kind of do absurd but yet logical stuff but that was if I was even more like I took a subject and then it just like went with it with into weird like I had this like on my maybe third second or third like I had this long thing about like kids kids raised by wolves and like I was just like so how are the wolves as parents and would they know about this and and it was just like it was like a ten minute bit about that and I I had no idea how to tell it. Anymore. And the, but that was like your first. No, well, that was like my th- like one of your first sex and, and that's and actually that's also the one thing. We did one gig a month, and the audience was mainly the same. So we kind of wrote a new set every day. We, we just did like a new twenty minute set every month, basically almost. Like okay. sometimes we like used a few of the old bits, but we kind of tried to. Like, and where would you practice that set? Na- nowhere. <laughs> like in your room? Would you say it out loud? Yeah, would you yeah. Try or maybe it? like have some friends over and like. Hello, okay, you know, but that, that, it was kind of a, the even opposite. learning twenty minutes if you don't know that it's funny or you don't know yeah. which bits work. Yeah. you just have to trust that that okay. it hangs together. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of a. It was the opposite of like when you start comedy now in Finland or you start here or America where there's like a longer scene, there's open mics and there were, but that was just the like and like also the also the thing is like. There, there was like an open mic spot. That's what I did first. Like I did like a open mic in the like there was like four comedians and then one like open mic. You did your one open mic. Next and then gig, the next gig. like <laughs> yeah, the next one was like yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you can do it. And then I didn't. I I thought it's going to be an open mic, but then but well, we invited you, so yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you so. had bombed at your first open mic, how long would it have been before they let you do a second open mic? Like I have no year. idea. They, had, <laughs> they hadn't. They hadn't thought it through. They just started. Like, <laughs> And after, actually, after like, uh, I, or actually, I think the show like before me, the open mic did like thirty minutes or something, and then they were like, hey, I think we have to put a time limit to the open mic, <laughs> and they just figured that out at some point. And like, yeah. it was just like trial and error because they had just started the club like five months before that or something. I think I went to see it four times, and the fifth time I went to do do it. Okay. So, so uh, that. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I think the thing that really encouraged me was that like the open mic, it was really important because I went and saw them and they, they were like, of course, those guys still also just started, but they were, they were pretty good. Like they were actually good and they, they did good sets, but then they had the open mic 
section, which normally was kind of bad. Yeah. And after seeing a few of those, then I like got the courage that I actually I will do better than yes. that guy. Yes. Like I I will do better than that guy. So. And were you writing things down in a notebook? Were you typing on a laptop? Were you wandering around your house when you when you first? Uh, definitely notebook. I. Uh, I'm sure you can find a picture somewhere online. I, I took this picture with my like, like my old notebooks, like a huge pile. We've been using that in posters and stuff, like a huge pile of. Now I've been writing with phone, of course, and stuff. But uh, I, 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 yeah, I did like twenty notebooks okay. full of jokes. Uh, and and, then... and how many? How many? Pages are you getting? Because one of one of the things about your jokes uh, is they're very lean. They have a really good economy, uh, and you are frequently changing the angle. It's like there's a paradigm shift every line. You know, you're, that's why the, the material is so it's kind of dense. It's lean. Everything about it is funny and necessary and a different worldview. So, in the early days of writing, when you write ten pages, how many jokes does that boil down to? Is that ten pages of funny stuff, or is it? Ten pages, and inside it, you find one thing. You're like, "That's the line." Um, well, it was. I think it was like notes, like definitely like one sentence, one word. Like, okay, here's a, and I just wrote down every idea I had, and I still still do. Like, and it's maybe a third that I even kind of after reading the notebook afterwards, like, okay, that could actually work on stage. Like, okay. and then there's like lots of waste there, and and I sometimes even think of it as like mining. Like mining, like go to my old through my old notes and try to kind of mine. Games yeah, games. yeah, yeah. That's a good analogy because that yeah. suggests there'll be hard work and not everything is good. Yeah, you know, a lot of it is crap, but you yeah. just need one little bit. Yeah, yeah. And and then like I go through my old notes sometimes to kind of when I have new bits and then I go through the old notes to try to find if there's something that would fit and like I could combine. Okay, and then. Some notes I just made like five years ago, and then I looked at them, and oh, now I get it. Now yes, I got my yes. own. And so I, I kind of, I've been really kind of neurotic that I have to write everything down. Okay. I, uh, I just recently lost, uh, like I have had a piece of paper because I was somewhere where I didn't have my phone, so I had wrote a few jokes to a paper, and I lost the paper, and I was like, ah, <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah, I really, I always write everything down. And all the other comedians in Finland, they were always giving me, giving me shite about like because we were like drinking in a bar, and I had my notebook open. Yeah, and they yeah. were like, "You're stealing our joke." No, I'm not. I'm just writing. Like I have ideas every time, and I'm not asleep. I have ideas, and I'm, I have to write them down. And I'm not taking your ideas. I'm just having like and like. And, and do you think on that on that subject of having ideas all the time? Do you think that everybody in the world has ideas all the time, but you? bother writing them down I, or do I, you think that you have more or different ideas to other people i think everybody has funny ideas all, all like probably every day but maybe, of course there's people who would never have anything a funny thought in their head but i'm sure but like i think everybody has like hey hey that's kind of a why why do they do that or like like i think everybody has those and they talk talk them out loud to people and they just think but I think the the difference between a, a non comedian and a comedian is that we actually try to catch them and write them down and and uh, use them for something. But I'm sure everybody has those sometimes. But I'm I'm sure that of course we have have more of them because we we, we kind of <laughs> trying to <laughs> develop that part of us a, a bit more. So of course I I think we have more, but still 
I think comedians often still need other people to kind of point out that, well, that's a joke also. And like, oh, yeah, I'm, I was just going on about like a train ticket. That's, or, I, this, this comes up a little bit on this show that yeah. the kindest thing one comedian can do for another is say, hey, that thing you just said, are you doing stuff about that? Yeah. And you go, no. Well, that's funny. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, that's the most useful yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, That is, yeah, that's definitely a, a thing. And, and like my wife, is, she's really good at that. Like she, she, she points that out. From, like she's not a comedian, but like she, she is really funny and she has a really good insight and she, she gives, helps me a lot with like, like if I, like I always, if I have joke ideas, I always like, most times she's the first one to hear about hear about them and 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 she's really good at like kind of like saying that oh, that forget about that <laughs> but then i then i'm always angry when she's like oh that's not funny and then yeah, I, yeah, that's, totally. that's yeah. a channel there is a challenge and yes and then and sometimes she's she's also good at like when i like okay this is a really funny idea and then she's like she kind of can help me to see the the bigger picture okay so that could be part of a theme or something like that. Like, ah, okay. Like, uh, like, I don't know. I, I had just like one, like, I, we, just yesterday I had a, had an idea about smelling your armpits. Like okay. when you like smell and then you realize it's not you, but then like a guy next to you, like, oh shit, is it me? And, and then it kind of cascades or, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we're talking with her on the phone about that. And, and she was like, Hey, you can do like a, like it gets go, it goes on, and and then we kind of thought that like we it could be like, hey, what other like snowball effects you can start with crowds like looking ah, up like that's yes. one if you look, and then then like I see what you mean. So she could give you the insight that you could actually take that observation and give you a fresh direction in yeah, order to like, take it somewhere else. Like what's the what's the category that that observer, observation lays into? Like the like the. the What's the word for that? Like the umbrella term or something yes, like okay, that. Yes, okay, yeah. But like sometimes, like of course, like I, I'm responsible of 95% of my stuff, but I would say my wife gives me a, like really good points here and there. Yes. So yeah, so she's, uh, I would say, definitely a part of the team. Are you quite scientific about your writing? Are you quite, um, uh, I suppose scientific's the wrong word, but like methodological? Like, do you kind of go, okay, this joke is one of those sorts of jokes, and then so I, my next joke has to be a different type of joke to the previous one. When I'm like constructing a set, yeah. you mean? Not, not really that much. I kind of try to find links. I really try to find links, and then I kind of try to like when I'm constructing a set. My, my basically my two ideas have been like try to link everything together a bit logically, so it's not just like, okay, and the next subject, like, like it has kind of some. <laughs> link that you can actually kind of smoothly go into the next one and don't start with sex stuff <laughs> basically <laughs> that's, that's it that's, the that's, that's basically the two the two rules of a set and uh and kind of or like like dark or darker like weirder stuff like don't do that in the beginning of course mm -hmm. like start with something kind of what's your opener at the moment in your show uh it's actually it's surprisingly long bit. Normally, I've been opening with like small gags, but now it's like a long bit about about uh, trying to pronounce English, especially yeah. the phrase "she shells." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. why is that? I mean, I, I suppose 
it's clear why you would choose that because it establishes that you are an outsider mm-hmm. and you are struggling with language and it yeah. kind of prepares us for the sort of show we're going to get. Yeah, and like I have to explain my accent. Like, yes. I have a little bit of an accent. So <laughs> I always like I'm I'm really conscious and self like self-conscious about the accents like sometimes too much even and I think about it all the time because like in Finland I Of course, I don't have an accent. Like I, I speak Finnish pretty well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but like here, I I always think that like it's kind of like, like I have to always explain the accent. I I yeah. feel like a lot, and especially in the beginning. Of course, not after the beginning, but it would be really weird for me to do like a ten minute set somewhere where I don't explain that. I'm from somewhere else. I'm just yeah, like, oh, that's, like I mean, would trains. it, would it, it, it's, it's weird because that's one of those things I, I, I think, I wonder how much that is still true given that it's 2018. Everyone is fundamentally interconnected. Everyone mm. is from everywhere. Maybe the rules are different now to 20 years ago where I would think you certainly had to walk on and go, I'm from Finland. This is who I am. Yeah. Have you ever tried Doing an international gig where you did, where you just went, I'm Ismo. Here's the stuff. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I I'm not sure. It's not. It would not feel common. weird, right? It still. would be. I would feel like like my in my head, people are like, what 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 is that? The character is he faking it? What, what? Yeah. Like, well, let's talk about that. It, it's such your your persona, which I suppose. Do you feel like you have a persona, or is it just you? Uh, I I think it's really close, but it's of course you're different on stage than off off stage. But okay. it's pretty pretty much me. But it's yeah, of course it's like different, but it's hard to say. And do you do you consider yourself? Do you think that we think you're a weirdo? Uh, not necessarily a weirdo, but like just like 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 where is he from? Like it's a, it's a, it's like a. It's not obvious, like yeah, people don't hear Finnish accents a lot here, or sure. especially in America, where I'm mostly, now. and it's yeah. So I think you have to kind of explain it then, and uh, and also people do characters like comedians yeah. sometimes, and <laughs> I've had gigs where some. British guy was pretending to be a German guy, and yeah. then after that, after he mined, <laughs> so it's like how uh, do you cope with that? Is it harder to establish who you like, are? I'm, no, I'm, I'm like really from there. <laughs> like, it, was, it was a weird situation that happened maybe once, or, but like sometimes in the same build, there can be somebody who's doing a character like like Borat or something, yeah, kind yeah, of type, and then then. Uh, Then it's me who's not doing a character, but and then now I've been I've been doing a joke about like people thinking of me as a character, like that's a that's a bit now. Yeah, but um, but, but yeah. I think it's it's I could also imagine a comedian from Finland working in English in a in a show over here, who we felt was more of a usual kind of person, a usual kind of a character. Like there is a thing you do with your voice, which is kind of tangentially related to your accent, but you've done it a few times here, just talking to me, where you kind of you you have a kind of a little kind of sound. Do you know what I mean? Like a little, like a a confused, a confused guy who is happy to be confused. Oh yeah. Do you you see what I mean? Do you know what kind of noise or what note that that I'm referring to? Yeah. Yeah, sure, and and like that's and that is definitely like my... you're not you're not a bank manager from Finland, right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. like a, definitely like kind of like a confused and amused observer. 
Yeah. Like just like kind of pondering. And and that's basically the exact same character I do in Finland, even though I am from Finland. So so that's basically, and it's not even almost, a, like it's almost me. Like, of course, I yes. exaggerated a bit and that's the, but that's basically the, I think that would be the point where like 80% of my com- stuff comes is like this amused observer who is just kind of trying to figure things out but maybe already figured them out, but it's just kind of uh, kind of pointing stuff out. Like, yes. I think that, but of course there's bits that I, like, I try not to limit to any specific viewpoint, but I think that's generally the biggest viewpoint. And, and that's, and that's actually like, that's one of the really important things for me is that because people have asked me a few times, they have asked, like, like they, they're serious, like, how can you do comedy in Finland? Because your thing is to be an outsider, like you, you, you like to be not from here, and that's your thing. But like, and I was like, well, I felt like an outsider even in Finland. Like I, 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 I kind of feel like outside of humanity in in some way. So I kind of always felt that, and 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 my my stuff is it's just a little part of it that it's like, okay, I'm here in the UK now, or I'm in America or in Canada, or where like, it's tiny. Like I just have to address that in the beginning. And I have uh, maybe a few jokes about like cultural differences, but I de- I try to be careful not to do that too much. Cause I don't want to be the guy who is like, well, in Finland, yes, we do this. So this is Ismo, and remember, you can get more of this interview. Uh, There is some extra material in the extras available exclusively to members of the Insiders Club, which you can join at comedianscomedian.com slash insiders. There's about 20, 22 minutes worth of stuff there um, talking about uh, Ismo's advice, more sort of specific advice for comics, um, uh, what mistakes he made starting out uh, in his career and uh, also he tells us a joke in Finnish and translates it into English. So something there uh, for people slightly more hardcore than the casual listener, all at comedianscomedian.com slash insiders, where you can uh, also, for a small donation of £2 a month or more, you can get in touch with the private podcast just for the Insiders Club uh, and get involved with all of the recent episodes of Comedy Critique, amongst other things. Uh, we had Matt Hudson on the show recently, and we've just done the, the critique episode for that very funny newer comic uh, who's a musical act and I think is really going places. So if you'd like to hear us, uh, a set from Matt and for the rest of us in the Insiders Club to curate, or for me to curate our joint feedback then uh, then by all means pop along there and sign up. It'd be great to have you on board. So a bit of tour news from me now before we get back into this conversation with Ismo. We've just put another date on in next spring's mini tour. It's in the Arts Centre in Salisbury, which is a, just a fantastic venue. I can't wait to get back there. That is on the 13th of March. All of the tour dates at comedianscomedian.com slash tour for my show End Of, which uh, did really well at Edinburgh last year. It was called a comedy masterclass, which is very satisfying and feels quite on brand. <laughs> um, you know as well as I do that there's no such thing as a review. So uh, instead, maybe you would like to come and see it for the simple reason that you're excited about the podcast and you'd like to, if you haven't already, and I know a good few of you have, if you haven't already seen me do stand-up, 
then come along and see me in person. It should be a lot of fun. Um, and also, if you're wavering and you're thinking, how good is this guy? We know he can listen, uh, but can he also speak? Um, then you can hear one of my stand-up albums currently, at time of recording. Currently, uh, the comedy album of mine, Compared to What?, is available in audio form only on the podcast feed. So scroll down the podcast feed uh, on your device and you'll be able to find Compared to What, which is a stand-up comedy special that I performed in Edinburgh in 2016 and toured in 2017. And if you like the sound of that, then this show is two whole years better. So all your tickets for end of at comedianscomedian.com slash tour. They are largely, they are entirely in the south of England at the moment because I am having a new baby update there in the post amble speak to you about that after the conclusion of the episode and um, that's everything i think I, i've had some really lovely correspondence from people i'm still yet to get back to and uh, you can email me info at comedianscomedian.com or tweet me at comcompod and tell me who you'd like to see on the show and uh, send me nice messages. People have been doing that. It's been very satisfying recently. And um, also, of course, you can join the Facebook group. So that's the Comedians Comedian podcast Facebook group available exactly where you'd expect to find it. Uh, and do take your time to answer the introductory questions there. We keep it. I run it as a, a pretty tight ship, which I think really works because there's no spammers in there. It's all dedicated comedy fans. And uh, there's some really nice treatment of each other it's a really nice corner of the internet so if you fancy it join up there um there's lots of people in there now and we all seem to be getting on famously at the moment so that's all of the things i need to tell you just now oh pat oswalt's coming to london uh, I, I don't have the the date on me and i don't think i can even go to that because i'm going to a wedding but um it's sometime middle of next year maybe uh, early summer next year pat oswalt is coming to london so if you're a fan of pat oswalt as i certainly am uh, jump on and check that out i put a, a link to that in the facebook group okay that'll do for me for now let's get back to this conversation with ismo i i just want to want to kind of pick on that term you feel like an outsider to humanity now that's you know yeah. that's, that's kind of like a i'm interested in how much that is a psychological condition like in your upbringing do you feel did you feel like an outsider or is it like quite a comfortable position to feel like oh i'm simply looking at things in a different way well yeah i um, often it's com- comfortable but like of course it's like like as a kid i, I suppose like it was like you, everybody tried to fit in at least one group of like, okay, these are the metal heads and these are the nerds and these are the athlete guys. And like you tried to fit to some group, but I never, never could fit into any group. And, and you I, tried? Like I kind of tried definitely a little bit, but I didn't really commit. Because <laughs> like <laughs> were I... You, were you rejected or did you just simply not try hard enough? Well... Yeah, I, th- I think it was kind of voluntary that I I couldn't, like, I was like, that's not me. Like, I, I don't want to bend enough to kind of fit that group. And, like, I I wasn't lonely as a kid or some, or anything, but I was kind of, but I didn't feel, to, like, belonged in anything, like, really. And I, because I felt that if you belong, I, I kind of realized that I think quite soon that if you belong to a group, you are always faking it. Like, nobody actually belongs to any group. Like, everybody is special anyway or weird. Like, you always have to kind of forget about 70% of what you are if you want to be a really, like, a punk rocker 100% or something. So That's I th- a really interesting point. I, I totally agree with that. 
Yeah, like everybody is faking it a bit anyway. So, and I kind of didn't want to do that. And, um, and, um, but, um, I think that suggests a certain amount of resilience in the young Ismo that yeah. although you felt a pull towards, uh, towards being a part of it, you weren't prepared to give up enough of yourself. Yeah. A lot of people do decide to do that, don't they? Yeah, of course. I think most people like have to even like to, in order to survive and stuff, but, and to like, to, to kind of, yeah, feel that the, the need to belong. But yeah, I just, I didn't want to be dishonest or like kind of, yeah. Yeah. And I've been kind of, think I've been really analytical since I was a kid, like just like, uh, like, like, no, that's not like, I always remember like arguing with my physics teacher in, in school and then winning the argument. <laughs> <laughs> and an argument about what? Like, it's just like you have an error in the equation. In the equation. Yeah. And then like, no, and then the whole class was like, Ishma, shut up. And then, and then it's like, ah, oh yeah, there is. Ah, so okay. And was like, oh yeah. And was there, was there, was there any kind of group of other kids who didn't throw themselves into a group? Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. But you so, didn't hang out together. Yeah, I think, well, yeah. I think I think we did. I think we okay. we kind of did. And then like there was some people who were kind of in a group. Like yeah, yeah. There were some some that just like happened to be geographically available, and we hung out with like so. <laughs> is that is that um, that socialization? Is that reflected in your your comedy community? Like, are you are you an out? Do you feel like an outsider within the world of comedy? I yeah, to an extent, definitely. I I, I when I started comedy, I was so like I was like so blown away about by the whole thing. Like it was so like any nothing I've ever like I did like I was in a like amateur theater group in the university, and we did a couple of. Place and that was kind of then I belonged to that a little bit. I, I think I belonged to the group like a, a little bit, not not hundred percent, but like kind of. That was one group I belonged a little bit. I felt, but but then I started stand up quite soon after that, and then then I started. Then I thought, okay, now there's a group I belong with the comedians. Like this is this is a group, but and we I I kind of hung out with just the comedians for like a few years, but. But still, I, I never really, like, I think there was kind of a, because I was so into comedy, like, and when we started, we talked about jokes, like, we went to lunch and talked about jokes all the time. But then, at some point, the other comics were like, let's talk about something else for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to talk about, like, how's your life? No, I don't give a, I just want to talk about the jokes. And then that kind of, like, I was so into comedy, like, I... I'm way more interested in jokes than in people. <laughs> that is a very interesting admission. Okay. Yeah, kind of. I have to have to admit, and that's I, that might be one of the reasons that I I write a, a lot and like doing I quite well. But it, there is kind of sort of a price for that, of course. Like, but I, but yeah, definitely, I remember that. Uh, and also in Finland, I became quite successful really soon, and of course, that can cause a little little competition and uh, stuff like that even though the comedians are still like great but but I uh, but yeah I I am 
I just I, I just want to talk about the material and jokes and stuff like that. And then at some point they was kind of like, okay, it's more, uh, tonight no no talk of comedy. And, and like, then you well, go home. Yeah, yeah, it's like almost like oh, well, what do we do? Sports? I don't follow sport. Like, well, I... <laughs> do you do you see that as a, a failing in in your personality, or are you happy to just go? No, I prefer jokes to people. That's just how I am. Well. Like ninety percent of the time, I'm okay with that. But of course, sometimes I feel like I should care. <laughs> like, and of course, excluding my wife. Like, I really love her, and she's. And uh, but fortunately, she, she likes jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that is that is that helps a lot, of course. <laughs> but, uh, and and of course, there's other people in my life who are important and stuff. But it's still kind of like exaggeration thing. But I definitely, it's like when. Yeah, when sitting and talking or having beers or something like I, because I don't talk about poli. I I tried that like talk about politics and stuff, but then I don't care about that either. And I, like, I why just, did you try? Uh, well, I, on, like, on stage, you mean? You write material. Well, about well, it. well, even on stage, at some point, a little bit, like ten years ago or something, or even more, because I was like I was into comedians that that time. Like I was like, oh, Bill Hicks and whatever. Sure. And I, but then now I, I I'm. I'm so bored of political comedy. I just don't. I, I, I gave up that. Like I just realized that it's basically you just have to. You just basically have to purpose purposefully misunderstand the other side and make you <laughs> <laughs> and make yourself stupid on deliberate. Like it's kind of and also I don't follow politics even outside comedy. Like I don't just. I I just gave up. I was. I was kind of deep into it and almost like I looked into like conspiracies and whatever stuff. And I was like really trying to save the world and figure it out. But then I just kind of stopped and, oh, it felt so good to stop. So, yeah. What other, um, what other types of comedy do you like? Do you particularly watch comedy that is like the kind of comedy you make? Do you like, you know, are your favorites, are you a kind of Mitch Hedberg yeah, kind yeah. of like yeah. I know that he hasn't put out a new album. Yeah, well, lazy, <laughs> lazy. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but so yeah, definitely. I I am where I I really like like jokes and like I'm not like a one liner guy, but I'm sometimes almost. But I'm I sure. like I don't know what. It's hard to say like a comedian who is like would be really close to me. Like yeah. it's yeah, hard to find somebody that I would. But I definitely like. I prefer like joke guys to story guys, definitely sure. like, or, or like opinion guys or like rants and stuff like, but of course they can be like, it, I don't know. It depends on the comedian. I, I, it just has to be something new, like a, like a good insight in, in every joke. If, if the jokes, if the premise and the point of the joke is that something I've heard before, that's, I think it's awful. Like you have to have like a new, new, new insight. Like otherwise, just like use some other joke. Like it's kind of like this. It's kind of weird that sometimes comedians do long bits about something that everybody knows the outcome, and it's kind of there's nothing surprising or nothing new about it. It's just like a new, a little bit of new way of saying. And why why do you think they do that? Well, it works, <laughs> especially if they're popular, their fans love it. And, and sometimes people, comedians who get too popular, it's really hard to look at their specials because it's just, they're just talking to their fans and they love everything. And, uh, and like, like sometimes I, when I watch a special, I, I think that if that guy was unknown and he was doing that set at a club just as a guy, he it wouldn't 
girls as well, like, because it's some, some, I think some get lazy, not all, of course, but like sometimes you, sometimes it's like, I'm really picky when watching comedy. I'm so picky that I, I feel kind of bad about it, but like, I'm, I'm really like, and I have watched it a lot and I, I'm really like, uh, uh next, <laughs> like kind of, yeah. I'm, but like, I'm always try to be supportive and I, I never like dismiss anything really but there's so many specials I only watch like the first 10 minutes and and of course live comedy sometimes I I it's hard to like it's hard to get myself to go see a show because then if it's not good then it's like awful it's so <laughs> awful <laughs> yeah and my wife is even worse like I sometimes like hey let's go see a <laughs> let's go see a com- comedian and then like but if it's bad it's like it's so like, like she can't handle it like she wants to run away and uh, I'm, it's, yeah, it's kind of, and then uh, the most scary is like if they sit, sit me in the front row or something, because I, I know I'm a bad audience member, because even even if I like it, which yeah. I often do, I often like comedy, <laughs> I really love comedy, uh, uh, even then I, I almost never laugh, I just like, uh, like I'm just, oh yeah, that's a good one, but so I, 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 I always try to hide behind the sound desk or somewhere, so I, I'm, because uh, comedians, of course, if they, especially if they know know me, they they like, oh, check that is <laughs> is more laughing. No, I'm never laughing. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I still like it. You mentioned earlier some aspects of your comedy or your your um, your angle on how you find humor is to find what what was the phrase you used? You said it's kind of absurdist, but Lots it has of that. Like I think I just got a good review on the first day here, okay. and I think that put it really well. It was like something like have to read it again, but like absurdist, but ultimately logical or something. Yes, and then like like an outsider observing. observing. Mm. I think that was yeah, well something like that. It um, it reminds me of um, you know do you know the Far Side cartoons? Yeah, Gary Larson, those little one picture oh, yeah. cartoons. The one that you made me think of is there is um, a guy on the beach. And he's looking down, and on the beach next to him is a goldfish bowl on a skateboard, and the goldfish is driving around <laughs> on the beach, you know, because it's like a completely bewildering thing. But it makes sense because we have boats that go in the sea, and the goldfish has a little bowl, and he comes out of the sea on his skateboard and drives around. You know, it's like one of those ones where you look at it, you instantly go, that makes sense. That yeah. logic makes sense. You know, oh, you're, yeah. you're not an absurdist in the sense of it's just. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's definitely a thing that it has to make sense in some way, but in a completely, hopefully, a completely new way that nobody thought before. Can you think of a, a single joke concept of yours that you think really encapsulates? Um. Well, one one thing actually, I be, I, be, I was just thinking yesterday, like to do more about is like finding opposites that don't exist. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> like it just and it can just start with like a word, like, like, uh, like I was just thinking that this was just an idea I wrote down yesterday. Like, um, like what would be like a word that begins begins with like, like disbel- disbelief? Oh like, yes, like okay. disbelief, yeah. and then of course there's belief, yeah, which is the opposite of disbelief, and then. Like what other like this uh, disheartening, 
but is there heartening? Yeah, there sort of is, but it's kind of grammatically yeah. wrong, but people yeah. do use it. Yeah, yeah. And then there's that, but then like to just go like somewhere like distinguished and then it's like yeah. Yeah. and then like okay now he's a distinguished gentleman he's not, just, <laughs> <laughs> he's not that distinguished so like kind of finding opposites that like even starting with the word or then of course I find lots of opposites in my like like okay like um like like things like that people okay people say this but why don't they say this like kind of okay and uh And yeah, I think that's definitely one that's really logical, but it's absurd kind of. Yes, so. and there must you must feel a certain amount of relish there. That's like, oh, that's the beginning of a thread. Yeah, and now I get to what? Sit down, walk around, try and think of more of them. Sit in your room on your phone. Yeah, what, is, what does that look like? How are you? How are you going to unpack that? What sorts of things from that will you pull out, and how will you select which ones for the routine? Uh, it's I still it's kind of weird that I am kind of analy- analytical, but I still go with kind of the flow a lot. So I'm I'm disorganized in that, <laughs> <laughs> not not that organized actually. I when I I wrote that I wrote a few. I kind of thought about a few words that begin with this, and then I was kind of. But then I just forgot it, and now I think when I'm doing like a, if I do like a new material show at some point, yeah. then. Before that, that's always the day, like yes. of the new material night. Like, oh, then I'm trying to ah, find everything and okay. put it together in like kind of a panic. And um, so maybe your um, your obsession covers your lack of organization. Yeah, it makes up for it. Yeah, and I, I like try to be organized in some way, but not in the way that like now I'm working on this bit for two hours. Like normally it's just like a minute, and I write it down, and then. I happen to think of it next day, and sometimes I get into the flow and kind of do some research, research and type it, type more. But it's kind of rare; it sometimes just happens. And uh, when you say do some research, what sort of like thing like like, like finding words or finding like sure. just googling stuff, like mm-hmm. just like okay, I find that hell. That is the biggest distraction. It's yeah. like if I I always think to myself if I'm writing a bit and I'm like, what's another word for clam? I always have to think I've got to come back to it later because if I Google synonyms for clam. I can't. Fo- I just. Oh, and there's another one. I'll follow another track, and yeah. then and the writing will be lost forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, that is that's true. Like, yeah, distractions can really take you, and 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 it's kind of. I've always wondered this because, like, I I write a lot of comment. Like, I write like I I always in Finland. I had the reputation that I'm the guy who writes like way more than anybody else. Like, I just I in Finland. I think I've put out like four DVDs and I've, I think I've done seven two-hour shows with different material in Finland. So seven uh, two-hour shows? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, and what kind of, you say you're famous in Finland, what kind of venue size are you playing on tour? Well, like the biggest they have in cities, basically, like like a 500 to 1200, okay. like a theater, like in a, there's lots of like cities in Finland, like okay. none of them are like really big. Helsinki is kind of big, but But it's still, and now, now I'm, uh, now I'm actually doing uh, this October first time. I'm doing like an ice hockey arena, which is like six thousand. So in Helsinki, yeah, wow. Yeah. But yeah, I've done a few, couple of like two thousand people gigs, and okay. So and how long will you do in a six thousand? Is that a two-hour show or yeah, a support like act a, or a? Yeah, no. Normally, I don't have a support act. I just, I did. I normally, I just do like forty-five minutes. Then there's like a break and then I do like about an almost an hour the second half is a bit longer okay. so 
So it's like two hours with the break sometimes. Okay. So that's kind of the... Uh, and, well, we can... That, this takes me to another thing. But in Finland, I also do some songs some, at the end normally. Like okay. I do like parody songs. Like like silly songs and I with the big shows I sometimes do them with the band I am actually have a band yeah. on stage and we do songs. unbelievable yeah and uh, what kind of uh, like I'm imagining now a metal band but maybe just a regular yeah, band no, no, <laughs> just, uh, yeah yeah they they were like actually really good really professional musicians and I'm not and uh, it's kind of a funny can you, can you sing uh, yeah yeah I can okay. hold a tune so okay. it's, it's alright but, uh, but and when yeah. you say parody songs do you mean like yeah, pop songs that you change the words. Yeah, to. yeah. And now you, there's something about the way you're saying that, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, are you? Well, yeah, yeah. It's uh, like I, I, I never really did that in English. I've only been doing that in Finnish, and they are all like it's, it's they are like untranslatable. It's, it's such a Finnish thing. Like I've, I did a few of them in English at, like years ago, but then I kind of, I don't think I'm gonna do parody songs in English ever. I, I, I'm pretty sure because it's. It's I. It's just I haven't been able to do it in the same way, and also it's been kind of it's been done in English way yeah. more. So even well, though my uh, things are completely different, and the, the Finnish ones are like they are not just silly songs. I'm like it's it feels so weird to try to explain them in English, but they are actually songs that they have actual really good punchlines every like 10 seconds almost like it's it, they are okay. actually like well, people, I was... people actually laugh out loud it's not just like oh it's a kind of a funny I song. was gonna say a parody <laughs> song doesn't seem like the sort of thing that you would want to watch you seem like you have high standards of comedy and I think certainly in the UK when someone does a parody song or like a pop song and changes the words it's easy to imagine the non-singing comedians in the room going okay yeah, you know this again. But yeah. you're 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 fighting for your idea here. These are yeah, like proper yeah. big punchlines. Yeah, yeah, they they are like full of actual jokes. And then like that's why the songs I like. It's it's very rare to come up with a with a new song. Yeah, like I I, I write like a hundred jokes in a year or something or way more. I don't know. I may or less. I don't. <laughs> I <never laughs> count but uh, but like. But look, maybe one hundred that I can use, but I still. But songs, it can be like one or two, or and now it's more like kind of these mashups mostly. Like I have a theme now. Now actually, the new one in Finland, I really love it. But it's it's just like a theme, like thing I, I'm really annoyed about. And then I just have like twenty songs, like few sentences of a song, just everything fits to okay. that. Okay, and okay. it's uh, it's really. It, 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 it's I'm really, so gutted we can't translate yeah. it and find out what that stuff is. Well, I, I actually that 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 bit I could maybe do in English, but it was just like, well, the idea is like, um, like when there's like a construction in like a hotel, yeah. or like you're like coming coming from a gig and late, and you're really like, I'm gonna, and then, then like six a.m. they start drilling or something, and then, and then. I just do like so many songs that kind of mention some sound or like I change it a little bit. I so it's see. Okay. always like, can you hear me? Or so, like, and it's just and all the construction terms. And it's just, I, I've been writing that song for like a year. Okay. And now okay. it's like five minutes long and it's, or even longer. It's, it's, and, but I, I've never thought how it would go in English, but it's, it really hits the spot in Finnish because it's just, What's your when you do your um, your tour your ice hockey arena tour no tour ice hockey arena show 
Uh, yeah, later yeah, yeah. That's, that's like a tour that ends there. So it's like a two that, So that tour show, what's in, in Finnish, what's the first joke? Because given that you have no, you don't need to set up the English, the language, the yeah. outsider. Mm. Oh, what's the... So I, the, the, the tour, I, I just did it actually this summer. I, okay. it's, it's a tour that I've been doing in Finland now for like, well, it's going to be a year after October, but I... I live in America now, so I I just go there for like. A, where do you, where in America? L.A. Okay. So nice weather. Are you the uh, only Finnish comic in L.A.? I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> if another one turns up, are you the biggest comic in Finland? Uh, well, depends on like if if you like. There's there's another guy who's really big, but he doesn't do anything in English. But okay. he's, he's okay. really big in Finland, but like. He's he's done I took Arena before me. So mm-hmm. uh, so in that case I'm But sure he doesn't that. live in LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So um And do you do you have dreams of breaking into movies, being the Finnish guy in the movies? Sure, yeah, like I'm open to like I I'm not going to auditions or I'm I'm okay, not like okay. actively pr- pursuing it, but I'm uh, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of trusting that maybe someday if it's meant to be. I I kind of I, I like I didn't plan moving to America. Like I never planned it. It's just they, they had this competition. They tried to find the international comedians, and they found me in Finland. And I was like, "Sure, I can come." And then I won it. And then I'm okay. I'll, I guess I'll move here. Like <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> wasn't planning anything. And like it's I've been kind of trusting that things like if you just do good good shows, things will happen. And then like just like when opp- opportunity comes, you take it. Like it's kind of a so I haven't, I, like, of course, when I started coming, that was one of my big decisions in life, like, to actually make a phone call that I want to do the open mic next week. Can I do it? Like, that. that's, but that's, that's basically the only thing I ever did. Because <laughs> 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 then after that, my phone started ringing and it just kept moving along. So, like, almost like that in Finland. Like, it just, I did the first gig and then everything was obvious. Of course I'm going to do a second gig and then, okay, let's go to another city and whatever. And then, okay, TV, yeah, sure, I can do it. And it's, so it kind of just kept going. And, and now it seems that the, the American thing is also, it's just kind of been going pretty well. And and UK, of course, like, I did way more stuff here earlier, but then... I now I've been more in America, but now I'm back in the fringe. I've done this a few times before, but, mm. I but, saw your show here was two years ago. Yeah, uh, I think three. Three years ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. In the you in the Pleasant Dome, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm there also now. Yeah, in uh, a slightly bigger room. Um, but yeah. And is that is that um, is it humbling? How does it feel doing an arena back home, living in LA, and then coming to Edinburgh and playing a hundred seater? Yeah, it's, yeah, which is super hot. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, like it's not, you know, you're yeah. not being, there. there isn't a car waiting to take you to the gig and, you know, there's yeah. no security guys that are like, where is most guys? His friends yeah. guy. Well, actually, <laughs> that, that is, I, I will try to do this as a joke at some point, but it, actually, that's funny you mentioned security. There's no security. Well, there is security guys against me. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> like when I go backstage on my venue, they search my bag for alcohol. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's very humbling, yeah. Really, is it? Is it? Back, How do you cope with that? Do you no, feel good about it? It's great, and I, I like. Of course, everything. Like I, when I started to do comedy in English outside of Finland, I knew that I'm starting from scratch. When things go wrong, when you have tough audiences or tough, do you have tough crowds anymore? 
Like, let's talk, I mean, maybe not in Finland, but over here, where, where maybe a different amount of people are going to get your sense of humour or not, your profile yeah. is not so great. You will have a bigger percentage of people taking a risk on something they heard about, rather than... Yeah. Is my fans. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah of, of course, like, and it, it can happen, like, here, like, if, if, the, if the crowd is really small, it's always tough, like, when it's, when you do an hour for, like, 20 people, that's, it's not easy, it's, and so, yeah, that's always... Uh, yeah, it can be tough, but normally, uh, well, no, I haven't had, had any like really tough crowds lately. But, but, uh, but of course, when I when I left Finland and I went to America or come here or whatever, like of course I understood that like I'm I'm just just a new guy, like some guy who was trying to like I didn't I didn't have to start from scratch, luckily completely, but. But all, like when I came, first came to the UK, like 2005, I definitely started from scratch. Like did a few open mics in some like smallest possible clubs and stuff. So yeah, that was really, and uh, that's what I knew it's gonna be and stuff. But but yeah, I I, I never. Yeah, it's kind of of course I. It, it, there's nothing surprising about like it's not like humble like any in Finland even it's not. It's it's still like even if I do big venues there, it's there's definitely no no security guys or it's just like normally I'm driving myself and I'm just like moving, <laughs> carrying merchandise and whatever. So it's it's yeah, it's not like uh, it's not like in the movies. <laughs> but um, but actually in America it's kind of great when you do a headlining, when you do like a like a weekend somewhere. It's they they actually are you headlining headlining weekends in the states? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Tell me about that. That's oh, great. Yeah, that's that's great. Like, I, so you've got a crowd there. This, I, as I understand it, you can't headline unless your name brings well, audience members. Yeah, of course. They 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 also give comps and stuff too because it's so many. It's not one. It's like a six gigs in a week. So that was sure. kind of blow. Like first, I was like really like, how can this system work? Like, you either give like one spot, like one Tuesday, and there's okay, there's two hundred people on Tuesday. So I guess that's good. Okay, we'll give you six gigs for a week. Well, like, no, the people already came on the Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 it's it's this it's it's so weird that you have to then do six. So of course they, I think the system works. Really, the American system works really well. Like, because if you are a huge star, you do the six gigs. It's all sold out immediately, mm-hmm. and you do extra shows and whatever. But then if you're like just barely on the that, okay, you're good enough to headline, but you don't really sell that well. They can they can still like they hand out tickets. Because mm-hmm. they know it's going to be a good show, but they they hand out like some free tickets, like they first see because how much they can make the money on drinks. Because they yeah the food, they, all the clubs serve food and drinks, mm-hmm. and they make the most of money. So it makes sense to them, and it's kind of long term. Everybody wins because then they build your crowd. Yeah. They come back to see you. Next yeah, time. maybe there's like uh, five hundred people who bought tickets, and then another five hundred to just came to see what's going on and then yeah. now they are hopefully fans so yeah so yeah it's it's a great system that they, there's comics on different levels that can can do it did you did you have to learn a way a particular way of dealing with hecklers given your unusual style of performance well um, in you mean english or finnish but uh, in the early in the early days in finland uh, yeah like that i think like because you're so genial and inquisitive and warm, yeah. certainly when I've yeah. seen in the UK. I I find with acts who are very friendly, sometimes if they get heckled and they respond too harshly, 
or you know it's harder to fine tune your response so that it is in keeping with your character that's that's definitely true and uh, i think most comedians the, the worst fear when starting are hecklers like what what if somebody says something what what do i do like i, I was of course afraid of that when i started and and yeah that's definitely a thing i realized i can't do like like mean really super like fuck you heckler lines i definitely can't do those like it's and i don't want to do them like i most of the heckling is still positive like sometimes like it's like especially in finland it's just somebody who's drunk who's just like too happy and he's like forgets that there's other people here it's like that that's the most that that's the stereotype heckler in finland yeah, definitely okay, okay. it's like a, just kind of like a drunk guy who's like trying to help um and uh but of course there's some like can be mean mean people also sometimes mostly like fin- nobody in finland heckles when they're sober like that would be like no it's always super drunk people so you can always make fun of their drunkenness so that's kind of that's i think that like i like over the years i kind of stumbled by accidentally into some funny heckler lines and i've been using them ever since and just like just saying something ah it's funny and then kind of but like never like super mean and uh and uh and uh in english i I actually this I did on one gig and then I've been doing kind of ever since when somebody like like heckles like I'm I sometimes some it's something like that oh yeah you can you can heckle me but I don't I don't really speak English <laughs> I, I won't understand like, I, i don't even know what i'm saying that's very disarming that's lovely that's a lovely status kind of switch uh yeah that's uh, no that that kind of that that that's been and then uh, like variations of that and so yeah so that's it's 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 never really been a problem and also i think when people actually realize that it's not my first language they kind of they think twice before heckling so i think they heckle to me less or maybe i don't know i can't compare but okay i haven't okay. had a really have a problem are you happy uh oh that's a that's a trick question <laughs> the, uh like i i i have been trying to write a joke about this and it's one of the things i've been thinking a lot and i i think the premise of the joke is that i hate people who publicly say that they are happy because they then they make all other people think that there's something wrong with them. <laughs> like, 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 I, like the premise of the joke would be like, like nobody's actually happy. Some people just don't realize it. <laughs> or like, or they lie about it. Or they think that they're almost happy. So they kind of, well, I can say I'm happy now because I'm almost there. So I think it's good enough now to say it. But I, I, I think it's, I, I don't think anybody's happy like but what's the definition of happy like people are okay like people are like fine that definitely but like the definition of happiness it's it's way and people do this kind of i i when i was a kid actually i i coined a term uh i don't know if somebody else uses it but like list happiness or like listing like a, a list list happiness like when okay i have this and i'm not starving and i have this and i i have clothes and i i am happy <laughs> like like you make a check like a checklist happiness yes basically. like uh, so it's people do that a lot and they compare and oh, comparison happiness is one thing you compare like okay there are people starving i'm not starving i'm happy like no you're not that's it's not so it's and this actually is uh also kind of current because finland was 
officially now the happiest country in the world. Oh, is that right? Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I think of it in suicide, but is that yeah, not right? Yeah, okay. it's, well, Everyone it's right. left is yeah. really happy. Yeah, all the sad people went. So, yeah. so but, but actually, like, that's the thing. Like, the happiest country, that's kind of a thing that gets into news always. Like, Norway was, I think, last year, but okay. now it's Finland. Uh, and they don't measure happiness at all. They have it, The study has absolutely nothing to do with happiness. They measure things like gross national income and, oh, okay. and corruption and freedoms and like uh, life expectancy, like things like that. Checklist. That, yeah, that's <laughs> exactly the checklist. So they, it should be like the nicest country or something, but it shouldn't like they don't measure the serotonin in people's brains or, or the amount of smiling or anything like that. So, so yeah, I, I think that's that's kind of a the study kind of reflects that, that people like, okay, like you're uh, like, you have this and this and this. So if you don't say you're happy, you're an asshole because some people are doing like, like guilt happiness. That's one thing. Like you have to like, I guess I am because like, uh, I know people who are doing worse. So, but I, uh, but definitely I'm, I'm all right. Like I'm like, I, but I'm, I'm really careful with using the word happiness because it's kind of, I think it's misused a lot. But I, I definitely, I think I'm in the place I, I'm meant to be, and what's what's kind of like, I don't know if I believe in fate, but I'm not sure if I believe in free will either. So it's kind of I, I think it's, it's it's interesting, and it's it's really like, I'm still excited about like how things changed like two three years ago when I suddenly moved to to America, and it's still exciting, and I'm also. I have some things there cooking that I might might be doing something at some point then. So it's uh, yeah, it's great. And uh um yeah, but it's it is yeah, it's a long answer for a simple question. But yeah, I'm 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 all right. Yeah. Thanks, Isman. <laughs> Thanks. So that was Ismo Lykala. Thank you so much to Ismo for coming along. Thank you to the Place Hotel on York Place in Edinburgh for their generous donation of some recording space. Uh, and thanks to the usual suspects, uh, podcast correspondent Pete Dobbing. I've made him a correspondent there, not a consultant for once. Um, to Nathan Wood, of course, for editing and uploading the show. Uh, and Rob Smouten for the music. If you'd like to find out more about Ismo, you can go to at Ismo Comedy on Twitter, or you can go to his website, www.ismo.fun. Isn't that sweet? It's nice to know that other people are using uh, alternate versions to .com. What is, or is that just a Finnish one? Have I been accidentally racist? I don't think so. No, I think he's deliberately chosen that because it's .fun. So there we go. Um, that's Ismo, and you can, if you speak Finnish, there's an incredible amount of stuff there. You, you've got, he's done three DVD specials and all sorts of stuff uh, in Finland. Really, I really recommend you check out some of his stuff. Isn't he appealing? Isn't he a lovely... He's got such a lovely, warm uh, voice and his accent seems intrinsically part of him to, to my English ears. And um, he's he's just so much fun to watch live and it's so much fun watching an audience be won over by the nonsense. The, the stuff he did in Montreal was was so, so funny. It was all about... Well, you can probably find it... I'm sure you can find it online. I won't spoil it for you, but it's to do with... Um, him flying to uh, New Zealand and what happens to the day that you lose. But it's just one of those ones where 
you're listening to it going, God, that's, you know, it's a combination of, oh, I, I vaguely thought that. I could have said that bit. You know, that experience of when someone hits a topic and you're like, oh, damn it, they've obse- I've observed that, but I never articulated it. It's a combination with Ismo of that. And just as you're thinking, oh, I've noticed that, you start thinking, and I could never have articulated it like that. So really, really good fun. Um, give his stuff a watch. And, um, and that's that. I'm going to have a post amble at you now in a moment. Join the Insiders Club for extra content. Go to the slash tour page if you'd like to find out about the tour in the the spring, my tour. Um, But for now, that concludes the podcast. I'll speak to you next week. Thanks for listening. So here's the update. There's no update. There's no news. <laughs> My wife was absolutely... It's the due date today, right now. And uh, the I'm recording this uh, on Sunday, and uh, we were expecting Future Girl to make an appearance. She has not done so. My wife has been absolutely convinced that um, she was going to arrive a week early. So we've been... I've been off work and we've been getting ready, got the catcher's mitt on all week and uh, nothing, nothing. And even today, it's like, any, any news? I keep, um, you know, taking the boy out for a quick walk, coming home and going, are, we, are you are you in labour? <laughs> no, not in labour yet. So it turns out with me, this is a, a thing I've learnt, two things I've learnt recently. Um, one is that uh, the nesting instinct, which I, which we both actually experienced the first time around and which certainly for me I, I now look back and that that uh came out I mentioned compared to what earlier on a, a chunk of that show is about me um trying to sort of pointlessly renovate the cellar which I sort of realized in hindsight was this weird nesting instinct and um, the nesting instinct this time around has asserted itself slightly differently apparently there is a phase in the just about to pop mother um uh, pregnancy at the very end of the pregnancy pre-birth there is a phase where people suddenly have a huge rush of energy and my lovely and charming and funny wife uh, used that yesterday to build a beautiful little uh, toy muppet theater for our son uh, out of a shoebox and put, like put a star cloth in it with fairy lights and glittering curtains and everything it was absolutely amazing and um, apparently means that future girl should have arrived there and then but hasn't be quite good. You could sort of give birth into the little puppet theatre, <laughs> and then uh, the, her first cry could be some front cloth patter. What an image! Um, but uh, the other thing I've learned with me not having done a gig for like eight or nine, maybe even ten days now, um, is uh, is that I am unbearable. <laughs> I hadn't realised. I hadn't realised the extent to which I couldn't remember the extent to which me going out and doing gigs is a huge part of a sort of day-to-day coping mechanism in my life. And um, I think this has come up in the podcast before. I forget which episode, but the way that comedy enables oneself or any kind of creative, freelancey, keep-yourself-busy occupation enables one to uh, not solve any of one's problems because you can always get stressed about the work, whatever the work is, whether you're baking cakes or doing gigs, um, you can always, provided you can busy yourself, you can you can not resolve loads of stuff <laughs> because you can always just run out the door and bake something. Um, so uh, what I've realised, what I've remembered, uh, having not gigged in over a week, is that I'm fucking unbearable. <laughs> I am an absolute nightmare to live with. I'm tense, my knee jiggles, 
and it, it, it's sort of quite satisfying in that kind of mad workaholic way. You know, workaholics are the sorts of people who, when they hear, hey, you, you really push yourself hard, workaholics think, yes! <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, proving it, proving myself, rather than, oh, God, you're right, I better, better, better slow down. This is a similar sort of thing whereby without the opportunity to run out the door, let off some steam and do a show somewhere, I am just, I'm leg jiggling my way around the house. I'm going, what should we do? Shall I mow the lawn? Shall I do this? Shall I do that? Let's, hey, let's thread some pasta onto a pipe cleaner. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, but in a way whereby my son is staring at me like, are you, what are you doing? So, um, so let me publicly apologise to my wife for being unbearable. Sorry, mate. <laughs> um, and, uh, that's that's my part. For your part, hurry up and have a baby because <laughs> it's driving me mad. Um, hopefully, when I speak to you either next week, I'll speak to you next week. No, I'll speak to you in two weeks to say, hey, we had a baby a week ago. You, you now, this is the listener, not my wife, <laughs> who I do communicate with in real life using my voice and face um, and text, you know. Uh, I'm going loopy. I'm shut in. And I've been leaving the house regularly, but without gigs, I'm shut in. So, um, uh, you, the listener, dear listener, friend, I will, uh, I will, if I speak to you in a week, it'll be because she still hasn't fucking turned up. So I hope I don't speak to you for two weeks to tell you all about, uh, what a wonderful girl we've got. All right? That's everything. Good. Okay. Uh, bye for now. Christ. Bye. <laughs> 